Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, Mark here. I want to welcome you to episode seven, which is the final episode of this special series we're doing on the Authority Hacker podcast. This is the Authority Hacker New Year Starter Series, series of seven podcasts, one every day. And we're taking you through everything you need to know to get started yourself with building your own profitable authority site. You can find the show notes for this lesson, links, resources, and all of the other episodes over at authorityhacker.com forward slash starter. In today's show, we're going to be looking through three examples of stage one authority sites. Now, if you don't know what a stage one authority site is, please go back and listen to previous episodes. These examples, we're going to show you, talk you through will give you a good flavor of what's really achievable using our system. And it'll also give you some great strategies to base your ideas on. But just before we start, I want to remind you of the webinar we have tomorrow, actually. So that's Sunday, the 8th of January. It's 9 p.m. London, 5 p.m. New York. And the webinar is revealing the exact techniques Perrin used to turn $2,000 into an authority site worth over $200,000. So if you want to get even more tips, tricks, strategies, hacks, that sort of thing, be sure to sign up for that. The URL is authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar. But let's get started with today's episode. So this podcast is called From Mediocre to Great. And today we're going to go through three examples of stage one authority sites in uh, even though they're all stage one, they're very different in terms of uh, quality. Is that fair to say, guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. So it's just really to give you guys an example or a, an idea or a feel for you know what you can can do and what you can achieve with this model. So who wants to go first? I think you should go first, actually, because you, you essentially have the crappiest one. But we should go from the bottom up, you know? Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, cool. So the one I was looking at is called Paintball Pursuits, paintballpursuits.com. It's like just over a year old, give or take. Uh, it's a pretty small site. It's about 10 pages or something. doesn't have many links. We estimate to get about one to 2,000 visitors per month. And Perrin and I reckon probably about making a few hundred bucks a month. Gail seems to think a bit more. But yeah, initial impressions not particularly good site to be honest with you but there are some it is achieving some interesting results and uh, we'll get into that in a second so when we're doing these reviews we're going to structure it in a similar way to how we've structured the last few episodes of the podcast so you guys can kind of follow along a bit the first section i'm going to talk about is the niche and keyword research so first of all i think paintball is an awesome niche i've actually we gail and i We've been talking about doing a site in uh, Paintball for about you know, four that years now. That game may have started that site because of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now so, we're just ruining it for him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. So um, Paintball is a great niche. It's pretty low competition. And it's one of those niches that you kind of you can sell a lot. The gear is quite expensive. People have a bit of money that, that, that do, or they tend to have a bit of money. That, and you, you kind of have to buy all, all the gear unless you're going for, you know, just a day out with your friends to and renting it. And yeah, as I said, it's quite expensive. On the site Paintball Pursuit, the, the main like homepage is a best, 
like uh, top paintball guns, basically top, the best paintball guns, which I w- wouldn't necessarily recommend as your homepage, but they have a lot of uh, individual paintball gun reviews, which obviously are quite expensive. Like uh, just for example, this Die Proto one's like two hundred fifty bucks on Amazon, so you can get quite a good commission for it. I had a look on some other sites, O-Digger and that. I couldn't really find too many other products besides the physical products you can p- promote with uh, uh, affiliate marketing in the paintball niche, but that's fine. Um, what do you Amazon mean with Amazon? Good right? start. Yeah. Uh, no, just in general. There's, I mean, there's not too many yeah, yeah, besides yeah. physical products. There's not too many, like you know, training ebooks on paintball strategies or anything like that. At least I couldn't find any. I didn't no, I, don't think, I mean, I haven't found it. Yeah. I've checked that niche before. I couldn't find so many, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, lots of expensive gear. You ha- you have to have it if you want to play it. You know, semi seriously. People tend to be quite passionate about this kind of thing. So an interesting thing is using ahrefs.com, which is a, a tool we use to do all manner of stuff. It's like analyzes backlinks and traffic and rankings of, of various sites. I see that they're ranking number three in Google for paintball gun reviews number four for best paintball gun and i'd like to take one of the examples of their they have this uh, proto rail maxed gun it's called so proto rail maxed review keyword they're ranking number one so that's pretty good um, that's good for I would a site say, with 10 pages and 30 links basically i would say that's more down to the low competition and probably like the extreme focus of the site rather than any you know big quality indicators or you know, the content's not that great and the, the links aren't that great either. So really, guys, if, if you spend, honestly, like a week or so, you could probably beat these guys. I mean, a week of work, not a week of time, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the reason we have this site is essentially to show how little competition some keywords can be and some, like, small niches can be. Like, it wouldn't be hard to expand that that site and, you know, yeah, I mean, like pinball masks, etc. Right? There's loads and loads. I mean, even the guns, they're, they're, they've covered like seven or something. There's hundreds of guns out there. And there's the new ones coming out of the Times, all the armor and masks and equipment. Yeah. And there's so much equipment. So for, imagine um, if that guy was like publishing like 50 more pages and building 15 legit links, you know? Like he could make pretty decent money. Uh, I wanted to say, like, that's something that especially newbies should be looking at because you know when we talk about our sites and people check house emission and we have like hundreds of pages and same with Perrin, etc maybe impressive for people but that site has eight pages and is ranking for a pretty decent keyword that must be making at least a couple hundred dollars per month as you said maybe more it's it's hard to tell unless we've seen the thing and they're using you're gonna talk about the site setup but really it's like it's really not much. I really go check it out, paintballpursuits.com. And so, like, yeah, this is a good base to expand. If they expand it properly, like I'm telling you, this site can make several thousand dollars per month easily. Yeah. So just on the site setup stuff, I mean, they have a. I think it's an excellent domain, paintballpursuit.com. It's very easy to remember. It's like a branded .com domain. You instantly so know it's, it's a big fan of Spencer. Paintball. Why did you say that? Well, because niche pursuits, you know, niche pursuits like uh, what Perrin used to work. And so it's so, like because they. Oh, I didn't even sets. make that connection. To be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> there are the like hundreds of them out there. Actually, that was the really? funniest ones you've yeah. seen. The one that's coming to mind is actually somebody I know, so I can't say. Okay, it, but, <laughs> but there are definitely some out there for sure. All right, uh, so yeah, it's like the hosting seems fine. It's hosting steadfast, but you know, it's neither here nor there. What I would say is like the initial pr- impression of the site is 
it's pretty basic to be honest it's clean it's minimalist it's fine but would it really kill them to spring five bucks for a, a fiverr logo probably not it doesn't really have that like trusted feel to it though initially i think because it's lacking a persona or a face or like a like who's behind the site it's it's not clear it's not visible anywhere on the site at all the colors it's like kind of dark bluish it's all right you know uh, the font's fine they're using thrive content builder and uh the rise theme from thrive which is uh, we've used that before it's pretty good pretty easy to sort of lay things out and whatnot but yeah they could definitely do more and it really you know would take a few hours and a few dollars here or there they could they could do a lot more with that so yeah, in terms of like the commercial content and the, uh, as we said, they have quite a few or six, I think seven paintball gun reviews. And then their homepage is this like roundup post essentially. So like the top 10 paintball guns and it's all right. But I think this, this homepage should be a post by itself. And the homepage should just be like information about what the site is and, and that, because as we said in the earlier podcast, it's very difficult to build links to your homepage or build links at all. If your homepage is a highly monetized, and I'm sure you've of, seen like, it when you check the links, right? Like they don't have good links. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they haven't even tried like proper white hat link building from what I can see. There's a few like comment link building like do follow comment links been built not something we recommend doing at all but hey i guess this proves that works you know honestly i'm this is really down to the the low competition and extreme focus of most of the pages rather than you know any awesomeness in their their link building activity i guess Uh, really the goal of this was just to show people like how little you can do and actually show up in google and and actually make some money you know which is, you know, you can put a site like that together in a weekend. I think that's fair. Yeah, right? and, and build a few guest posts over a week. And you might have to wait some time for like Google to kind of process it all and whatnot. But you could crush these guys with like a, f- a few days work all easily. Right. Now a lot of people will go into paintball now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I honestly, though, like to be fair, I think it's one of those cases where, you know, someone started doing this site and uh, they've Dropped done out, all, yeah. they put all the content up in like a few days, as I say, and then just kind of left it, dropped it, and not really done anything with it. So probably they've suffered from shiny objects yeah, and gone and say, done something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think about that site, Perry? Uh, about the same. When I came across it, I kind of assumed it made money. And then uh, I looked at the traffic and sort of what the products cost and that sort of thing and saw that it probably wasn't doing as well as I thought. But I really do think it is a good example of a very little work producing a cool Some result, return, which is yeah. like, you know, 300 bucks a month. Like that's health insurance, right? So like it's a good example for folks who are who think it is daunting to do what we do to show that. Results can be had without, you know, going all out, having hundreds of pages and hundreds of links and stuff. So yeah, I mean, have- most importantly, it's a great platform now. Like, he's established that it's possible to rank with very little. Like, if that guy just went back to that site and created 50 articles targeting all sorts of keywords that are monetizable and built some good links, yeah, you know, he could actually make it, like, easily in a four-figure realm, you know? I mean, what do you think, Perrin? Do you think that that is a fair assumption? Yeah, sure. It's got a lot of things going for it. You know, it's already ranking for some key terms. It's old. Google knows exactly what it's about. And with sites like that, 
most of the time, all you have to do is start adding content, you know? And if he put a little bit of time into even just a few more like high-powered guest posts, I think this site would definitely be crossing the $1,000 barrier. Yeah, I agree. Do you want to talk about the site you checked out? Yeah, so Paintball Pursuit is sort of on the low end of what's possible. It's on the very low end, yeah. On the very low end of what's possible with Stage 1 sites. I reviewed a site that is more in the medium range, something that is closer to the size of my sites and, you know, approaching health ambition, definitely not quite at that level, but is certainly doing very well for itself. It still is a true stage one site, meaning that the only way it's monetized is, or the primary way, nope, the only way it's monetized, I was just checking to see if there are ads on it. The only way it's monetized is through affiliate links for this product, but the site is best crossbowsource.com so you guys can uh, pause the video and go type that into your browser if you're in front of a computer but some quick stats on this uh, i was started in summer of 2013 started getting meaningful traffic in the summer of 2014 so about a year gap which is kind of one of the things that we were telling you about earlier in this podcast series is that sometimes it can take a long time and when it was getting meaningful traffic i mean it was like it was crossing the 10,000 visits per month barrier there now, according to Similar Web, it's getting 175,000 visits a month. Which is um, crazy, yeah, for a crossbow which is, site. Which is a lot, yeah. And then it also has 96 linking root domains. So there are 96 sites pointing links to the site, which honestly is not a lot if it was started three years ago and it's doing this well. It's very um, little. It's very, very, very little. little. Yeah. There are roughly 350 articles and the site speed is okay. It's like a B plus or like a solid B. Definitely doing better than most sites. But So I want to look at a few of the main points here that we've gone over in previous episodes of this podcast to see how they apply to this site. So first of all, niche and research. When you look at this site, this is really a classic example of what a stage one site looks like. It's almost all affiliate content and it's almost all targeting buying intent keywords that are being searched for by people who are ready to buy products, in this case, crossbows. So lots of the pages on this site are going to be best X for Y pages. So, or in this case, just best X. So it's going to be like best crossbows, best lightweight crossbows, that sort of thing. And there are tons of those here. The interesting thing here is that of their top pages, four of the five, and this doesn't count the homepage, which is the highest traffic page, but of the top pages, four of the five are actually individual reviews. So if you've been part of the site building community or even like in our latest content, you'll know that the best X for Y post format is the most recommended post format for commercial content. We laid that out in detail in a previous podcast. For these guys, individual reviews are crushing it and they're doing, they're oftentimes outperforming these best X posts. So yeah. that's one interesting takeaway for the crossbow site. Uh, I mean, on health ambition, like we have a review when it ranks well on Google, it makes like over $700 a day, you know, like a yeah. single product review. So like, yeah, especially for like popular products, this can be very lucrative as well. And they tend to be even less competitive sometimes than actually like a roundup reviews because it's not best product category, but just best like product review. And so less people usually write about that and that makes it less competitive. 
at least with Amazon, if you have something like the Venus Factor or P90X, there's a little bit more competition yeah. if it's like a very popular product. But for something like, you know, a specific crossbow made by a specific company, yeah. The other cool thing that I liked about their keyword research is that they went one step beyond that standard niche site format of like best crossbows and they included other creative footprints so they have like fastest crossbows and then they have a few variations mm. of that they have uh, blank crossbow recommendations and they have a few variations of that and then they also have best insert brand crossbows and they have a bunch of those actually and they put those in their sidebar so it's a good lesson i think to see a site succeeding with this like best x format which everybody does but then also figuring out ways to innovate on that keyword research and to include other footprints. We actually talk uh, about this in the, in the authority site system, like in the examples that we have, like we actually show some like very niche specific footprints that you can find. And I won't give them there because that would give away the niche, but like each niche has their own like kind of footprints and essentially people looking for usually features or brands associated with product categories. It doesn't always need to be best. Sometimes it can be like cheapest, it can be lightest, it can be like, you know, most resistant or it can be waterproof or whatever product category. And these work as well with the same kind of posts, essentially. Yeah, so very uh, cool thing these guys are doing. As a side note for keyword research, these guys are not really investing in informational content at all. So we can talk about if that's something I would recommend or if it's a good idea or bad idea in a second here. But just as far as keyword research goes, they're focusing all of their energy on these buying intent keywords. So this is a stage one site and really a stage one site only. It's not venturing into like highly informational stuff. So quick notes about site setup. It's a bad domain. I do not think this is a good domain choice. Bestcrossbowsource.com. It's long. They're trying hard to include the keyword in the domain. It's clunky. It's not well-branded. If I was going to guess... I would say that it was started at a time where exact match domains were more popular. They were trying to do that, and they just haven't rebranded. But they're doing well enough that they certainly could if they wanted to. Uh, that said, it's a very good-looking site. It's simple. It's well-designed. It's easy to navigate. They've got a good logo. I think they probably spent a, quite a bit of money on their logo and their design up top because it looks pretty cool. And it's decently fast. So I don't know what they're doing for hosting. I didn't check, but... As far as like speed tests go, it looks pretty good. What do you think about the site, Mark? Did you check it out? Yeah, I'm just amazed that there's uh, so many people who want to buy crossbows. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone or know or heard of anyone using a crossbow. So yeah, I think the big takeaway from that is you'd be amazed what people are into. Like I remember hearing this one about like model trains ages ago and like how big of a niche that actually was. It was quite surprising. I think that if the traffic numbers are, are accurate, I think that's pretty phenomenal considering how few links they actually have. Yeah. And I think yeah. that even a modest um, you know, skyscraper or guest posting campaign ran kind of periodically or consistently rather every month would double or triple the, the site. I mean, assuming they're not just already number one for everything because there's no yeah. competition, which I haven't looked at it. But yeah, I think there's a big opportunity for them to do even more with that. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. I, I like this. I, I think it's a, it's a good example. Uh, one thing I wanted to say as well regarding info content versus 
like commercial content, they put a lot of effort into making their commercial content like valuable. Like they, their buying guys are very high quality. And yeah, this uh, is actually something I was going to tap into here. And yeah, just okay, to- then I won't talk too much about it. But I, I just want to say, like, it's not like they just slap a bunch of affiliate links in a blog post and that's it. Their affiliate content is very high quality, and that can definitely spark a debate on like, do you even want to do any kind of info content at the beginning? We like to do it because we're pretty good at link building to info content. If you're an expert in a niche to the point where you can create that kind of commercial content, maybe you don't even need to, you know? What do you yeah, it's true, and. And some people don't. I know we were trying not to mention this website during this podcast, but there are sites like thewirecutter.com who builds tons of links to their affiliate content, and it's because the content is so extensive, even though it's reviewing products. Yeah, the site I'm going to talk about is like that as well. Right. A few more notes on the commercial content. If you go look at it and if you're familiar with what we do and what other people are doing in the site building space, especially for like stage one sites, it might look pretty standard at first glance. And the structure is pretty standard. They've got a table up top, they've got an introduction, and they've got a buying guide essentially in the middle, and they have many reviews of a few different products. That's what everybody does. That's kind of what we teach. And we went over why we do that and other ways to do that in a previous podcast. However, they are doing some cool stuff to push their content one step beyond, which I really do think is setting them apart. So a few of those things are they collect data from all of these different crossbows. And I don't think they're testing these, by the way. I think they are just like looking at manufacturer websites and like seeing the specs and stuff. But they're putting it into really cool charts. So Some of the specs you can find for crossbows are like ballistic data. So that's like how fast arrows are flying, draw weight, and like projectile speed and that sort of stuff. I really don't know. I'm not a crossbow expert. But they're putting this stuff into cool charts that are comparing these products in a different way. So something that doesn't require testing but adds extreme value for the users who want to see all this stuff at once, right? Especially because crossbows are relatively expensive. So that's really cool. They also have a really high emphasis on user experience. So they've got these big guides. And then on the uh, left-hand side, they have in their sidebar, I'm sorry, on the right-hand side, they've got a big list of crossbows by brand, and then they have a search tool, which may even be custom-built, I'm not sure, but it lets you search for all of these different feature types for crossbows. So the weight of the crossbow, the draw weight, you can search by brand. They are doing relatively standard content, but there are lots of little things they're doing that are pushing their content sort of one step beyond. Are those some of the things that you noticed Gail, before I cut you off. I like how they do these custom graphs of like accuracy and stuff. Like they, it really looks like these guys are a bunch of serial killers or something because they, yeah, <laughs> they can probably shoot very well. But it, it is, uh, this for, yeah. for people listening on the podcast, basically there's a graph of like the distance traveled by the arrow. And then on the other side, it's, uh, the speed. So I'm guessing from it's like the longer, further it goes, the slower it gets. It looks like it's completely custom done. And it's not like they're just going to pull this off of an Amazon review or something. At least I don't think right. they have. So it really makes them stand out as, as yeah, pretty the, awesome. Content. 
they actually have their own watermark on them. So I think they're they're definitely creating them themselves. And it's a good way for the quote unquote little guys to kind of get closer to the big guys. So if we're looking at the water cutter or the site that Gail's gonna talk about, outdoorgearlab.com, they're doing like very in-depth hands-on reviews. <laughs> spoil it, yeah. But but these sites are doing very in-depth hands-on stuff. These are best crossbow source certainly isn't doing that, but they're finding ways to get closer to that, and it's adding lots of value, I think, which is really cool. Yeah. So, quick notes on oh, were you gonna say something else? No, um, I was gonna say, like, one way to stand out is rather than going super broad, like, do what they do. It's like they picked a really tiny niche that they know really well, and they went all in in terms of like they, you can match the wire cutter probably on like one product category. You probably not mm-hmm. match the wire cutter with every product category, you know. And so they did that. They picked that one sub niche and they, they went all in on that and they, they picked that one thing they know very well. That is one thing that we're actually aiming to do on Atari Hacker as well next year. So like do reviews of like keyword tools, et cetera, because we know that stuff so well, probably more than most people that have reviewed that stuff. And we're able to add value that you're not able to add necessarily if you haven't done it as much as we've done it. And so that, I think that is a good way to angle your first site. If you know, if you have any kind of passion where you know the products really well, like don't go broad, just go for that one category. You can see how much traffic these crossbow guys get so you know there's a chance that the product category you're into gets a lot of traffic too you know yeah we saw a similar thing happen with uh, that one coffee maker website i think it's coffeemakerpicker.com or something where it was only about coffee makers and they're doing very very well this conversation actually comes up in the facebook group a lot the authority hacker pro facebook group where every once in a while there's an article released talking about how the big media companies are getting into affiliate marketing and yeah you know, we have sites like the wire cutter who are just like dominating these big keywords and people are like, you know, is it really even a point? And the answer is always yes, because there's so much room if you build a site that has like a slightly narrower focus but goes way deeper, there's still tons and tons of, of uh, traffic there, tons tons of money there. So And even if you're not super good, I mean look at Painville Pursuits, right? Like there's still room, like these sites are around and, and these guys literally with like a 30 crappy links are managing to rank on page one for best paintball gun. Yep. So, time. so there, there's still a lot of opportunity. I think like our kids will look at us in like 30 years and be like, what the hell? Why didn't you build like a thousand sites? It's so wide. <laughs> it was so wide open when you were young. Yeah. So really like at all times people think there is no opportunities and that everything's saturated. It's not. The internet was born probably i mean the public internet was probably born after you that is the you literally in the only generation that's gonna have that we are the beginning there is tons and tons and tons of opportunities especially as technology de- develops and that's why i wanted to have this paintball posted site in there not because it's a great site it's a crappy site but because if a site like that can actually do that stuff then definitely there is a lot of room left Anything to add on the crossbow, on best crossbow source? No. All right. So Um, I'm going to talk about this. We still have to talk about links for the crossbow source. Oh, then go for it. Yeah. So I'll make this quick, but this really is kind of the uh, good news in the same way that it's good news to see paintball pursuits ranking because the link profile for crossbow source is really not that strong and the links are not that high quality. So if you take a quick look at their link profile, you'll see like 
a very few good links sort of sprinkled here and there, but the rest are like a like a couple blog rolls on irrelevant sites, some comment style links, and a few that I really wasn't able to decipher. And there's only a total of 96 domains over the course of three years that these guys have uh, been in business. It also looks like in January of 2013, so they started summer 2013, that following January, it looks like they got a penalty. Their traffic tanked, but then they recovered. So all these bad things in their tank? profile. What happened? I don't know. I But I only did like 30 minutes of investigation on the okay. site. So it's kind of hard to decipher. But there are like kind of spammier looking links. And I think that kind of supports the idea that a penalty occurred. But then they seem to recover, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think probably means that they disavowed a lot of these links and then they came back. But... While we really do believe in link building and we think it's powerful because we've seen big results on on our end, this site that gets almost 200,000 visitors per month really does not have that strong of a link profile. So if you're thinking of building a stage one site and the idea of link building scares you, you should know that big results, like this site's probably making five figures a month, big results are possible even if... You're not doing a whole bunch of link building in some cases. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, one thing that is true for both sites that we've talked about so far and is true for Outdoor Gear Lab, which we're going to talk about right now, is that they are not brand new sites, that it took time for these sites to get where they are. With or without link building, it's just one of these things where Google really waits a long time before they give you a lot of traffic. And so a lot of people are just impatient and that is why they fail. And you can see you don't necessarily need a lot of links, but you need a lot of content and you need to be patient, I would say. I don't know if you agree, guys, but yeah. So let's talk about OutdoorGearLab.com, which is the last site we're going to look at on this podcast. It is a big site. Like They have a lot of pages. If you look at the stats in Ahrefs, it says 612,000 monthly visitors. Uh, and usually Ahrefs is kind of like on the low end. So, you know, they might be close to a million visits per month. They rank for 281,000 keywords on Google and they have 2,400 new domains, which, you know, to give you an idea, like, uh, Hadlamish is around 2,000 right now. So they are a little bit higher than us, but not a ton. They do get more traffic though. So good job to them. But we'll talk about the links in a second. I just wanted to say that they claim that they buy essentially all the products that they review and it is mostly a review site. That is what they say on their about page, and they say they resell them on Amazon, on uh, eBay, sorry. However, when I check the eBay page, they only sell two products right now. So either they don't do reviews right now, or they don't really do that stuff, and it's, it's supposed to. I have no idea. OutdoorGearLab.com, the domain, was started in 2013, but it is actually a rebranding from a site called SuperTopo.com. So like, if you check the link graph, you'll see there's a jump right at the beginning. It has like 500 links on day one, and that's because... This supertopo.com was where the site was before. So it's a site that's at least, I'd say probably like four or five years at least. It's not brand new, but still, it is pretty impressive what they've done. In terms of the niche, I mean, Outdoor Gear Lab, it's super broad. They just touch on everything outdoor. And I like the way they do the navigation, right? It's like you have uh, different categories in the navigation. So you have uh, men and women, and usually they review their clothes there. Then they have uh, footwear. Camp, hike, climb, bike, snow, fitness, and travel. And then inside these, then there is items that would fit into these categories. So for men, there's like men clothes. 
for footwear, there's like a bunch of different like hiking shoes and you know whatever sports shoes, etc., and so on. And they do go a little bit off topic. I mean, for example, if you go in fitness, you will see that they review juicers. How is that outdoor gear? Not too sure, but yeah, you know, you can see they probably like they're definitely SEO driven, and there are still products they can probably still review, but because. They probably do a lot of SEO research, et cetera, and they found juices was a good opportunity. So they went for it and put it in kind of like the most matching category. But it is interesting to see they're going a little bit off topic and branching out a lot and going very broad, which I think you can afford to do when you are a site with that many linking root domain and authority. What I think about the site is that they went quite big with their branding, but they didn't do it at the beginning. They rebranded, remember? At the beginning, they had uh, supertopo.com. The content is super high quality. I think it's on par with the wire cutter, to be honest. I'd say, I'd say it's pretty much yeah. as good. Like there's big buying guys and you can see they take pictures of some of the items that they have. Not yeah, all of regarding, them. like I've just been looking through a bunch and like almost every review has photos which they've clearly taken themselves. So uh, yeah, I don't think they buy every item, but I think they buy at least the top ones. Yeah. Uh, I think they they might actually reimburse their writers who then buy it and resell it on eBay themselves or something. Yeah, possible. Who knows? It's hard to tell. Like, you know, I actually went on eBay to check it out and couldn't find I, they sell like two drones yeah. right now. At the time at which we are reviewing it. I don't know. We can't know. But the the con is very high quality. Like they take their own pictures and they have like Big buying guys, and essentially the reviews and the site is entirely reviews, but as we said, it's like a reviews mixed with very useful content around the product, which I think is a very hard thing to do and very hard thing to outsource. But if you do it, then that is one of the cases where you can go for not even going for value content. And in that case, the reviews have always had the same parts. It's like the overview, and usually that is the page that targets best X, like, you know, best best rock climbing shoes or whatever. Then you have individual product review for at least the top 10 products of that category. So they actually like have also individual product reviews. Then you have a side-by-side comparison table. You have a price to value chart. So they kind of like give a grade from zero to 100 to every item. And they, you know, divide it by the price. And essentially it makes a graph where there's a dot for each item. So you see which one is the best like value for money. Then they have like an entire page that's like buying advice. And finally, they have a page that, you know, breaks down how they actually tested the product. So it's really high quality. They also have some videos. They have a YouTube channel, but they don't seem to do a lot of it. I'm not sure it worked very well, although their best video has like 240,000 views or something, but it was uploaded seven months ago and nothing was uploaded since then. So I don't think, I mean, they don't seem to do a lot of it. Uh, One thing that's interesting though, is they have a real proper silo structure. So if you actually go on like, right now I'm like on the best down jacket for men, it's like, you know, outdoor gear lab slash down jacket reviews. And then if you actually pick one of them and you read the review, you, you know, you get another trail on it. So it's like slash down jacket reviews slash mountain hardware, who did ghost whisper or something. So they have a proper siloed URL structure and content overall, which overall the site is built, is built really well in terms of technical SEO. The site is not built on WordPress though. Like uh, I try to check, I, I don't think it is built on WordPress unless they've removed any kind of footprint for it. It is most likely custom coded on, on some kind of like older CMS. I think it probably costs them a lot of money to maintain and, you know, customize and edit, et cetera. But at this point, they are making a lot of money, so they can afford it. But 
I'm sure if that guy had to start over, he would probably like to start again on WordPress. But you can see they built like essentially a page template for every review and um, and made it work. The branding is very minimal. I mean, there's like a very simple logo. It's a logo you could literally buy on Fiverr, I think. It is that simple. And the colors are like, basically they just have like a green and otherwise it's like gray and white, so nothing special. In terms of branding, the fonts, it's like Robotoslab and OpenSense. These are pretty neutral fonts, like not very... So overall, the branding is really not amazing, but the content really is what builds the brand for them. Yeah, let's talk about link building as well. So what I did is I actually went in Ahrefs and I put them in and I checked out the first links that Ahrefs ever indexed for their site so that, you know, right now, most of their links are organic. Like people, the types of link they get is people on other review sites that are lazy to make a buying guide linked to theirs. That is one type of link they get. Another one is people asking questions on forum about gear and people linking to their buying guides as well. And the third one is people writing information article that want to mention a kind of product they use, like some like travel bloggers, etc. And they link to their stuff, essentially. And since a lot of bloggers seem to link to them when they mention products, I'm wondering if they don't do any kind of outreach where they like, essentially like they have best hiking shoes and then they literally search for like blogs that mention hiking shoes and ask them to link. Maybe, I don't know. But what I've seen is at the beginning, they've done a lot of resource page link building. So essentially broken link building or like, you know, found a bunch of blogs and asked them to get to link to them as a resource because all their first things that were indexed are these kind of links. So that is how these guys got started at the beginning. There is some spam links, but as usually when you grow, there are some spam links. There are some to health ambition as well. So I don't think it's them building it essentially. So um, that's basically it for Outdoor Gear Lab. What do you guys have to say about that site? I mean, it's obviously a great site. It's one of those cases where like if someone who is new to all this looked at it, they would think, wow, that would take years. That would take forever. But if you just take sort of one category in it, it really wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily like try and directly compete with them, but in any of the sub niches, you could pick like, I don't know, ski equipment or something. You could find some good keywords in there, which weren't so much like specific product orientated mm-hmm. and maybe do like, you know, the best skiing for, I don't know, high temperature or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, know. in that case, maybe like the warmest skiing equipment, for example, would be a good one. Yeah. You know, so like it's it, not the best one, but it, the warmest ski equipment people are looking to buy as well, for example. That is yeah, an example so, of a specific footprint, you know. My point is that don't be put off if you see this and think, oh, I could never make it in the outdoors niche because these guys are already there. There's a lot of opportunity still. And yeah, I think it's a it's a great site in terms of the quality of the content. And it's something which even us, like we should uh, be aiming to to get to this level. Yeah, I agree. This is a great site. I mean, I've been looking at it. I was like, oh, we, we should definitely take notes. So I definitely agree. But like, this is why we talked about paintball pursuits first, because like, it shows the evolution. Uh, for all I know, the site that they started with was only reviewing ski equipment and was looking like paintballpursuit.com, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they kept working on it and eventually it grew bigger and bigger. And that's why I think it was important to start with a really tiny site and show kind of like the evolution size can take, like um, with the best crossbow source and uh, and this one, Outdoor Gear Lab. But overall, what we see is, well, it takes time, but it pays big bucks when you actually are patient and put some regular work into your site. And hopefully that inspired a bunch of people to, you know, take the 
occasion of the new year to make a resolution of either working on the sites they have or starting a new site really soon. Guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. And we hope you got a ton of value out of this and the previous episodes as well. Hopefully some of you guys are going to be starting some awesome sites this year. Please let us know if you do. We'd love to hear feedback and this kind of stuff. But remember as well that tomorrow we're going to be running a free webinar for you guys, which is going to be showing the exact techniques which Perrin used to turn $2,000 into an authority site, which is worth over $200,000. So there's lots of exclusive information in there, tips, tricks, hacks, step-by-step systems, free downloads, lots of cool stuff, completely free as well. So head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar, and we hope to see you there. Okay, that's a wrap. We'll uh, see you guys back next week. We publish podcast. Uh, we've been publishing this podcast every day, but from uh, most of the rest of the year, it's going to be every Monday. So you can check us out at authorityhacker.com slash podcast. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Ciao.